I cannot do what Madonna did. Madonna was in a different era than me. I can't do what Oprah did. She's in a different time than me. Billie Holiday, same thing. Doing things the way it's already been done is not going to work. So Katie, how do you stay connected with so many people? Because I think you are one of the people that I know that has the most friends, the most enthusiastic friends, and the most like, like you're the, the queen of networking. How do you do that? Really? Wow, thank yes. you. Thank you for the compliment and the t beautiful testimonial. I mean, that makes me feel so great because in this world, a lot of times, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel alone a lot, you know? So it's nice, you know, from your perspective of you say that because I work and I yearn very hard to nourish those relationships because it means so much to me because I know what it's like to feel alone and not be thought of. So I um, make sure I put that love and attention into others because it's what I want reciprocated. And I guess I'm just putting it out there so much. And now it's, you know, it's also a practice to learn to make sure that what we're doing without, we do within as well, not only for others, but we can do it for ourselves too. So it's a, it's a balance, but I just kind of don't think about it. Sometimes I'll just do it, right? That's always been my model just to go and do it. So it just makes me feel good and I, it lights other people up. So it's kind of like the intention of why, like the purpose of why. Yeah, 100%. And you're very quick to do it, which is something that uh, hanging out with you and, and going to the San Diego NFT conference and seeing you in action with uh, people because we met through another podcast we did another podcast interview that's how we met then we talked about maybe having your work for the studio and then we started the conversation with that and then we stayed connected and you got me to go to uh, San Diego NFT and then seeing you there you were talking to so many people mm -hmm. but it wasn't like the you know, surface level, oh yeah, hi, how are you, da, da, da. this is what I do, oh, what do you do? Da. No, you were honestly thinking of this person that you were meeting, and mm -hmm. I saw that repeatedly. What do they want to do? How can I help them? And you would immediately send a text and introduce this person to this person, or like send their contact information to this other person and make sure they got connected and they were getting ahead and getting what they needed. So I seeing that and then looking at the follow through that you have with people i think that's something very interesting that not many actors and actresses do i think you're one of the only people that i know who are like actors who are also very actively networking with a bunch of other people so what are you working on right now and how are you using all of those connections with all the different people that you know to make what you're doing yeah well first and foremost that just like really melts my heart thank you uh, it's kind of like when we just started here, we just jumped right in. It's what I do too. I just jump right in. It's like, hey, like, if it's like, um, it's like being Armidas, the goddess of the hunt, right? I'm a huntress and I just go for it. Um, but circling with some of the things you just said from uh, NFT San Diego, we met queer friends. They had a booth there, they were there. And how, you know, it's implemented now into where we are. Um, I'm a part of an event a summit that's happening in Denver. And I reached out to the creator and I said, hey, do you want to display your NFTs to show your NFTs? And they actually informed me, oh, we don't have any NFTs to sell. I'm like, it's cool. How about you just 
do your um, your brand, a photo of your brand with the QR code so people can go to the collection and know your website of who you are and what you're about. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. That's awesome. And so I like sowing those kind of seeds and I, I think about people and I my mind just like visualizes like how I can put this and this together. And I love seeing the magic of it all coming together. When I was at NFT San Diego, um, I met um, two gentlemen from Berlin and they have a really cool project and I have a couple friends who have intent art and um, you know Jiwa and uh, Blue Moon and I'm like oh you have to they're in Berlin and so I arrange for them to meet and now they follow each other but for them to connect in Berlin I'm like oh have a drink send a photo you know send it to me so I just like I just like connecting people with people it makes me feel really good you know um, and I like when people connect me with people you connected me with Peter Hurley mm -hmm. and immediately right after I was flying to New York and I landed I went right to his studio that yeah. day he's like yeah I'm on you know blah 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 I'm like oh cool I walked right over yeah I'm just like I'm going right there it's like if and I really realize it when the opportunity is there if you feel it and we take action it's great but sometimes I reflect and things that I didn't take action on it's kind of like you missed the boat you know like there's something happening soon this week and I'm invited and I want to go and I have these visions of like how it could be and it's like magnetically I think it would be important for me to be at these two places that this person in particular invited me to one I'm supporting her as a woman empowering her and she's a motivational speaker you know very empowering I want to be there to support that you know and for the visions that we have and the connections the new connections we have I want to be there to support her on that day and grow through that journey but what if I make the choice and I don't go there? I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure we can still connect and things could happen. Nature takes its course. But I really want to be there for that. But what if what if I'm not there and I don't go? It, it could be something else. I'm not sure. So it's like it's that fine balance and that art of energy of making sure to take care of self. How much are we putting out? Are we putting it out there for the ego? Am I putting it out there for the FOMO? Am I putting it out? Like what reasons am I putting it out? So. Um, you know, some I'll have to I'll have to think about what I'm doing, you know, um, instead of just like darting and going all the time. I'm like, oh wait, okay, that's great, and I did that, and that's what I know to do. That's what I'm used to do, but do I still want to do that with my energy or have other critical thinking and communicative conversations with people in such a way where it's not quality over quantity? I guess you could look at that in a short form. You know, because I think the other areas are quality as well of sowing seeds in a beautiful garden, right? For the unknown and for the unexpected. So, yeah. um, you also, you never know, like what you're saying, you never know what can come out of whatever experience or project or little thing that you're doing. Uh, but I wanted to ask you about the whole NFT space. And I feel there people are way more open to actually connecting and collaborating and actually doing something. How has it been your experience so far there and how are you taking that into film with your background as an actress and also as a producer and all that? Well, I released the very first headshot on the blockchain actually and it's because of you and through Peter Hurley. So it's the first actor headshot on the blockchain and how epic he's the best headshot photographer in the world and I'm the very first actor headshot on the blockchain 
and I have so I started a collection and I'm gonna release some other um, of those headshots 18 total from that specific shoot and the photographer will you know receive half of that for the collaboration that we did together and so I onboarded him by way of action into web3 and nfts and he got a wallet and he followed instructions and he did it and it was amazing and seamless and now because of the smart contract I don't have to think or keep up with those things. It'll automatically go to his wallet. In addition, he's from the Philippines, a specific photographer, and I have been sponsoring a family in the Philippines, you know, for a long time. And so we can gift a, a community wallet or some percentage to the family I sponsor in the Philippines or something that goes initially um, with, you know, the likeliness of his nature and mine that we agree on. Another collaborative project I did with Robert Sturman, uh, he's an international artist. I released the very first uh, love poem on the blockchain that's coupled with a Polaroid, which is super rare because in the beginning of, you know, 2021, people are like, okay, NFT, let's, it has to be very rare. Like, how is it rare, you know, to, to, to put it on the blockchain? So it was a love first poem on the blockchain coupled with uh, a Polaroid that he took of me, which made it super rare, and it was the very first poem from the poetry book I released on Web 2 on World Poetry Day, um, March 21st. And so um, percentages of that collection, because he's really into animals, we donated to two of you know the, the ones he had in mind. So I like to be very thoughtful of that when collaborating with people, like to how do we align our intentions and goals if it's for, for mental health or uh, creating um, in the terms of acting and entertainment for that umbrella. Um, agents in Hollywood have uh, called me up and I do Zooms and acting classes and giving people the psychology of NFTs and explaining it short-term, medium-term, long-term and building out that kind of community. And um, Chris Wood, who's a friend of mine, he does uh, spoken word. Um, he's also an actor and he's um, in Web3. So we're talking about collaborating, do things for specifically Hollywood actors. And so um, we'll do that. Also, I curate with Rad NFT TV. And so um, it's off the blockchain, but it's tokenized through the blockchain. So I, Mila Kunitz uh, released uh, Stoner Cats. She's the first animation. Uh, web series on the our series on the um, blockchain and um, I released the first comedy web series on the blockchain a web series and it's actors improv and uh, they're also voiceover actors um, it's real human actors and so it's um, through rad and they have um, you know about four or five other projects right now as well but they're all animation and so it can be like token gated. I don't really like that term gated because it's it's about decentralizing and not and opening you know the gateway of Hollywood for the new entrepreneurs coming on board to create. But there is an NFT and it's the poster of of series one, so everyone can stream the content. Everyone, you don't have to buy a ticket to go to the movie. You don't have to buy a ticket to go here specifically for my project, but hey, if you're looking at what's going on, which actors, and then you look up the lineup, and you're like, oh, I like this actor, this actor, 
I think I'm envisioning for the near future, if someone wants to support and they financially can support, they're like, oh, I wanna buy the movie poster or I wanna buy um, you know, the headshot because I wanna support this artist and you know, this director, this producer of what they created. And if they financially can support, people will want to. If you like someone's art, they wanna purchase it. They don't wanna be forced to pay for something and then they have a comment about it of I didn't like this movie, I like this movie and, th and they feel they got the short end of the stick because they actually paid money and they didn't find that value. So changing the value and how we experience um, and consume content. And um, yeah, so I think that's like a really good start. Great, so you're doing acting, voice acting, making art, making poetry. I know you also have music because you release your album, you're working with the NFTs, you're curating these conferences, you're all over the place, which is actually the name of your podcast, which is another project that you have been working on for a very long time. You're busy, you're always doing something. So how do you find the energy and the focus to like work on all of these things at the same time? And do you ever have like a favorite and then you go for like, for three months, all you do is like NFTs and then you switch to something else. How does your brain work? Um, I'm full on um, crypto and NFTs and um, there's a pitch for this project that's, you know, um, eight to 10 weeks out. So it's nice to have instead of a, a budget for three weeks or one month or six weeks, I'll be able to have a, a, a longer budget, you know, for this event that's coming so um, it's nice I'll be able to focus on that and and have the opportunity to paint my life canvas like curating a you know a VR experience in between DJ sets uh, curating um, the the women in leadership of web 3 and um, you know these women come internationally and they're all f very fine with um, tech and cybersecurity and being artists and creative directors. Um, so I'm really excited. I was able to, you know, curate those experiences. Um, and that's for Future Shape 360 in Denver. And then I curated over a hundred artists internationally for them to show their NFTs. And also um, people can QR code it and pick them up. And then when I was in NFT NYC, um, they asked me to be a part of Soho Technique. It was an art crawl of over, um, it was 12 galleries and there were over 200 international artists showcasing their work through augmented reality, which was like really cool. And so I feel really blessed that people invite me to be a part of these projects. And then so I can just take people internationally and include them. And, and while I'm showing my art, I get to simultaneously show other people's art. And I know firsthand as an artist, for me to say, oh, look at my work, look at my work. It's, I've grown past the place of it being uncomfortable, but it still is. But so if I can honor other people and what they're doing, you know, unconditionally, just putting those good ethers out there and with my heart and soul, I know what it means for me even if, if it's not reciprocated or if someone can't explain or they're just unconscious of it, I feel there's meaning with it all. And I think it's sowing seeds and, and having it be long-term. I grew up running cross-country, so my dad ran cross-country and he turned me onto cross-country running, so it's short-term, medium-term, long-term goals. So I'm playing the long game over here. Yeah, 
but in terms of energy and you know focus um, I need to have my space and I rotate when I paint sometimes I'm doing five paintings at a time and acrylic dries really quickly I love using acrylic because it dries quickly but while that's drying I'm like like manifesting and envisioning something new and you know putting artifacts from around the world onto the canvas and it's three-dimensional and so you know that's craftsmanship so um, I think everything's in a rotation for example it I have to, I has to all align like um, season four you mentioned she's all over the place podcast the season finale is right now actually and so it's a women empowerment series so when I was in season three I announced season four was going to be women empowerment and I as my vessel was growing through an experience of knowing my power allowing myself to lose my power lose myself to find myself once again growing through the experience of not knowing if I was going to be connected to that source again because I dismantled it and allowed it to leave with trust and faith but when I was obtaining the security of my you know being in my spirit um, I was growing through a journey and while I was growing through it to you know explore divine femininity in all genders and what it is to be a woman I decided to have the women empowerment series and so I had international women on of all sorts and a few men speaking on mother nature for earth month and uh, you know uh, a partner friend of mine who uh, was raised by two moms and so all aspects of exploring because I felt an analogy of this egg and I felt like, you know, sometimes it'd feel very fragile and in and, and cracks within. And so I felt my self-esteem, like Caroline Mice, who's a mystic intuitive from Chicago, she talks about being on the ground floor level or being in the penthouse and going up and down, like one foot out, one foot in. It's a lot, it's like a rocky boat. And so I felt with my security and my insecurity and my confidence and um, the art of communication and speaking and how much should I speak and loud or how quiet should I be or what should I share? Did I overshare? And I could see people would walk away and it's like, oh, I overshared. And you know, it's that art of communication. So um, I wanted to explore and hear and ask questions as a curious being. So if I'm learning, the person attuning could be learning through me as well. And so that's why I had the women empowerment series. So I wouldn't just, you know, have people have the public persona of what you think about a person within the first three seconds from when they see you on the outside. But I wanted to explore the ocean within and, and get really solid in that. So I'm not feeling like that fragile, you know, and then not having sources to go to because I, it was very lonely being there. And so it was a great exploration, right? Not only being human and sharing that for myself, but with others, but for my craft of my actor and voiceovers, listening to how people speak, what they say, what they don't say, their tone, their dialects, and then also the stories. And that, you know, makes someone a great actor listening. It's not just talking right talking talking but if we're not listening and picking up the energetic vibration and the sound how am i going to truly respond from a core level so i think it empowered you know my actor as well do you ever feel lonely as an artist mm -hmm, all the time yeah i mean definitely why do you think that is because i i, I feel the same thing of 
maybe thinking so much about cool ideas or this and that and maybe feeling like no one else is thinking of all the things that you're thinking? Well, all of that, it could be all of that. In addition, the alone of what we put onto that award, it could be more than what we even know. So homeostasis and being in the center of the unknown space, the space in between, if we're extremely high what we know or extremely low of what we know or not yet known, you know, or experience our highest of the highs that we do know of thus far. But the space in between, it's an, op it's a, it's an opportunity for a clearing, for a clean canvas, for a blank canvas. So I feel like our emotions have that space where people can gravitate to it's uncomfortable, I feel scared or I feel alone. But if we maybe, you know, create more space, maybe that's just something that's there that we just don't know what it is and and so exploring what that is um you know and, and allowing it to be because our emotions are very powerful and so it's a way for the emotions to come in but if we're feeling alone or depressed or having something maybe we can't allow that to be and, and that's okay too you know because um, we we associate with our feelings maybe a lot of times I associated those feelings with stuff I didn't like in certain circumstances, you know? I mean, that's a great question, and it's something to explore. But making sure, since I'm aware, to hack not to always react to that as it could be an uncomfortable thing. Start to look at it and actually may be a gift for empathic people and highly sensitive people to utilize it as their gifts, as you said, you of you know when we first started of how I am, maybe because I go with that feeling and I utilize it in ways of positivity as well, right? It, yeah. yeah. So maybe our spirit and our soul, it could be maybe. So Katie, you work on so many things and so many different projects. How do you deal with failure? And like, do you ever feel like no, I'm not good enough and I'm. I'm gonna put out this album and it's, people are not gonna like it or like, how do you deal with all that? I love failure. Yeah. I get hungry from it. Yeah. I don't, I don't like failure. Well, um, um, I wrote a poem years ago. I think it was called Numb. It says, when you get used to it. When you're up, you're up. When you're down, you're down. How low will you go? You know, and it's like, I, I ran cross country, right? So I have a sports mentality. And what I do as an individual affects the whole. And I went through the races. I used to run 50 miles a week. So I know what defeat is through my physical body, my mind, my spirit, you know? So I feel that way I'm able, in a nutshell, to deal with it in one way. Also, when I was a kid, my motto was just do it. Nike, to win, victorious people, just do it. So I just go. Um, and then I think because I, and another thing is I think cause, because I go and I go, um, it's important to write a book or write poems and reflect along the way. It's important to reflect because sometimes maybe a decade will go by and it's like, oh, I never even thought about it. And most people are just like on the go. So what if, what if people don't even comprehend it and so sometimes I think I would go so much just to not feel my feelings I would just keep myself busy there's this fashion icon her name's Iris there's a documentary 
uh, on her. And when she said that in her documentary, I'm like, oh, I totally get it. Like she just keeps herself so busy because she'll get depressed, you know? She'll just feel like she's not worth anything, you know? Um, so there's that fine balance of, I learned the word transition. So to transition into being into California, going to the ocean more, laying by the pool, going swimming, transitioning, making sure that I'm going to the spa and taking care of my, 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 my body and my mental health, right? Making sure I'm nourished and I'm supported and happy so I'm not feeling exhausted on, on empty fumes. And Katie, how do you deal with imposter syndrome? Do you ever feel that? It's a great question. It's a great question. I have a story too. So which great. one would you like? Story. Give me a story. First the story. Yes. Okay, then remember the question. <laughs> the story is when I was 14, I knew I wanted to be a motivational speaker. I mapped it out in my mind as I do, put an ad in the paper, you know, very minimal, charge people. Very minimal. She's 14 and she plays an ad in the paper. Yeah, very minimal to put an ad in the paper, rent out a local hotel for two days, charge people $250. Hey, I'm like, I'm 14 here. Like, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, you know, if 10 people come, if 50 people come, 250, I'm like, I could have the lunch catered or have a break, have people go out for lunch and get on a stage and tell people about things they needed to know. That I, the I, age of 14. That I already knew. So how many people showed up? Well, let me, that's a great, that's a great question. So I have it master planned out and then I reflected and pondered, who is going to listen to a 14-year-old girl who wasn't of the world, who didn't travel the world yet? So imposter syndrome came. I never took action. It was all an idea. And I didn't realize it until just a couple years ago, that's what it was. I stopped myself from being great. I stopped myself from myself. So now, when I dismantled the imposter syndrome just a few years ago, I check in with myself. When did I want to do this? Five years ago? It's been going in my head five years ago? When did I want to do this? Six months ago, and it's still not done, but it's just ruminating in my head? And I thought it was already out because in my mind, in your... Your mind doesn't know the difference. Once you say it, the mind doesn't know the difference if you've done it or not. So an example was, we'll stay on the 14-year-old the, the one. Never did it. And now, you know, it's, it's what I do, which is great. And, but I, but I, I, I put myself on a race to travel the world first, and I did. To be curious, to talk to people, to get to know the world, food, culture, just listening. So then I can be a very valuable asset when I started, my, then I, that's why I started my podcast when I was 12, right? I had this ancient wisdom and I wanted to pay it forward. So I wanted to start my podcast nine years ago and I didn't know how to get on the train tracks until 2019 when I was in a stand-up comedy class and this woman showed me how to start it and I hit the ground running, started the podcast and the whole intention is it's not right or wrong. It's just, these are my experiences over two decades of being in entertainment. But when I started the podcast, I just wanted to pay it forward and say, hey, 
If this took me 10 years and it can take you 10 days or 10 minutes, awesome. But just to share, you know, my experience with the listeners. And so that's the intention of the podcast and, and, um, and inspiring others and being a, a motivational person for others, you know? So that's the, and I only told that story uh, two other times, but that's how I um, knew about the first realization of imposter syndrome and, um, and how to hack it now. So with the podcast and everything that you're doing on social media, how do you manage other people in your family, your friend circle? Do you ever have this feeling or run into people thinking that, okay, you're too much or you're trying too many things or like you think that you're better than this person or that person? Like, do you ever encounter that? Because I feel like creative people who are trying to push the boundaries and do things different, you're gonna have to go up against other people who are doing things like the normal way and you're always going to appear like the crazy one. Do you ever run into that and how do you handle it? Oh, I'm, everything you said, yes. And when I was like younger, you know, in Michigan before coming here, they, people would call me crazy with the K. But, and then, oh, it even came here. Cra they, in, when I first came here, people even growing up in Michigan, crazy with the K. But even here, some people call me crazy with the K. But the, they, they would say the good kind of crazy. That's what people would say. Okay. Yeah, that's what they, people would say. Uh, and I would flaunt it, actually. I remember, I'm like, yeah, I'm crazy, I'm crazy with the K. Like, I'm like flaunting it. I'm like, yeah, cool. So it's like not taking it personal, but celebrating it. If you think that's it, cool. Great, thanks for, letting me, thanks for letting me know. Now it's like if someone wants to say anything, I'm like, oh, cool, great, thanks. When people tell you something, they're giving me a gem. I'm like, thank you. You know, it's just, it's more ammunition and fuel for me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So what do you think is going to happen with all of this uh, NFTs and movies and music and all of that? Where do you see that going in the next like few years? Oh, I mean, it's rapidly growing and the ecosystem is very strong, the heart of it. So I'm really excited about the new world and, you know, giving people what they really want that people are confused and they're not understanding because some have never experienced the greatness of the world and the good intentions, but the people who are, you know, building the ecosystem, um, you know, has a, has a huge heart. So I, I think it's going to be great for everyone in, in the near future and, and the people who are the innovators who are taking a chance to curate and make this happen. It's for the people, it's for a kinder, better world for all. So I think it's really beautiful and it's really nice to be a part of it. That's great. So I know, Katie, you're going actively on auditions. Uh, you're trying to get back on TV and film and all that. What is it about acting that makes you go back to it? Like you're so talented, you could be running different companies, you could be running agencies, you could be doing events, you could be a public speaker, you have music, you have everything, but it's almost like you keep going back to acting. What is it with acting that like grabs you so strongly? It calls to me. I think it's one of my greatest loves. I have a, a new book, my third book. It's called The Actor, dot, 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 My Greatest Love Thus Far. And I think it's taught me the most lessons about myself, my life. And, and it's a way for me to uh, share with millions of people and leave a legacy of true emotions and true feeling by being a vessel to grow through those experiences. So it calls, it calls to me, you know. That's great. 
So do you have any tips for people who are trying to do different things in the entertainment business? How do you manage your time, your energy? How do you follow up with all of this project? How do you keep track of things? Like, let's talk about a little bit of the nitty gritty because I think there's a lot of podcasts that talk about inspiration and go and create your art and all this. And then once you hit the ground running, you realize, oh, this needs a lot of structure and like, Tell me a little bit about that. Doing things the way it's already been done is not going to work. I cannot do what Madonna did. Madonna was in a different era than me. I can't do what Oprah did. She's in a different time than me. Billie Holiday, same thing. In the evolution of now, I would um, share with artists, musicians, stand-up comedians, every art form you can think possible as a creator to do your own research, but hashtag film three, hashtag um, get in, check out decentralized pictures. It's the very first film fund in Web3. It's Francis Ford Coppola's uh, company. And instead of doing things in Hollywood the way you think you need to do them, still there's a system which I very much respect and I'm grateful for. Um, and it's been a learning lesson and that's great. And that's great to know that system. In addition, know there's another system being built for the very reasons why a lot of artists are unfulfilled because they feel like they have to step up ladders and there's gatekeeping and because of how it's fixed. And Pharrell spoke at VCon on Gary V's stage and Gary uh, and Pharrell, it was a prolific chat and Pharrell said, the system, you know, the government, the system, it's not broken. He says it's fixed. He says it needs to be broken, you know, so it can heal and rebuild again. So I feel in a, in a way of Hollywood with actors and entertainers, there's some things internally that are fixed and, and, and certain things that are unjust, right? And, and so I think Web3 is an opportunity to change those dynamics and the way we experience um, people and collaborate and have opportunities. Um, I think it's really cool when I'm on Twitter and I see these huge writers and directors from Web2 who are working and then they see me and they see me in the space and it's like, I'm an innovator, I'm like ahead of the game because I'm, I'm meeting them on like the back end, but in a new way. So it's like they could still have me be in web two projects now that they know about me, but in web three, but they probably would have never known about me in web two because of how things are. So changing the psychology and the way we do things, our patterns, um, I think that's really important. The other thing I say, you know, IMDB is a great tool for all talent. I've, I've always been doing IMDB, iMovie database since I came. Um, when you get digital business cards now, back then I was getting 50 business cards a night and I would just go and see if they are who they are yeah. and um, and then if they did do work, is it the kind of work I want to align to? And so, you know, like probably 45 of those cards just went to the trash that night. So mm -hmm. knowing your intention and what kind of seeds you want to plant, sowing seeds in a garden and then which ones were nourishing. That's great. So what are some of the craziest stories that you have from working in film and TV, like production stuff, crazy projects that you had to do? One that comes to my mind that, that was kind of nutty and crazy 
but if it's not too crazy, we can talk about another one. But um, I was hired through my agency for two commercials. One was for Cindy Crawford. It was her Meaningful Beauty line. I was the model for it. And it was the same, it was the same ad agency that also did um, Proactive. And so I was on, and I, they flew me to Chicago, and the people there were great. And it was a massive studio, huge studio, massive. And so one side was all um, proactive, and the other side was meaningful beauty. So they had me there for three or four days, and it was a great experience. I was flown to Chicago, beautiful hotel, you know, I, I love room service and I would go to work and I worked on two different campaigns in the same studio. At the same time, like and you would go shoot for this and then jump over the other side or was it different days? How did that work? Yeah, I mean, I think one, one day was just here. Um, I did that and then, and then they had me on the other side with the Meaningful Beauty over there. Um, I think it was, um, I think it was there and then, and then the next one. So, but it was just pretty nuts. So it's pretty crazy, right? I mean, it's kind of cool. It's like a, a double whammy in, in one. That was kind of like fun. Right. So how do you like uh, the voice acting side of things? Cause that's like a whole entire world with animation and all that. Tell me a little bit about how did you get into that and what has been your experience so far? what happened in 2020 the great reset it went from five days a week to seven days a week it was very busy i mean i i was just like so busy doing voiceovers i had over 100 auditions a week recording voiceovers from home and you know the podcasts and the voiceovers and you know brands can hear my voice so i'm doing voiceover auditions it's oh we want a demi Moore type emma stone or um Scarlett Johansson, like those from her, like those, those, those are the. And can you like modulate yeah. your voice to do different voices? Mm -hmm. can, you gotta show me now. Sure. Okay, so give me, give me like a couple of different voices. Well, I can just like speak maybe slower in a lower tone if I'm doing maybe some kind of narration or something, or if I'm doing like maybe a Nickelodeon or I'm, I'm like uh, doing a promo and I, hey, watch this show, do this. So it's like the tone and the vibe and watch the show and it's going to be on at seven, blah, blah, blah on Nick, right? What about animate, like an animated character? Oh, an animated character is like, oh, come on, you know I don't want to do that. Don't make me. Oh my goodness gracious. Did you just see what that banana did? Whoa, that's the coolest banana ever. I love bananas. They're so tasty and they're bright yellow. And guess what? Bright yellow is my favorite, favorite color in the world. That is incredible. <laughs> so that's, the, one, that's one of my characters. I that's like. one of your characters? What's, yeah. what's the name of that character? Um, It's just like this like... I should have a name. Oh, um, I should have it. Um, bring me all your candy now! It's, a little, it's like this little baby brat character. It's like, <laughs> get what you want! It's like kind of like that play bratty kid side of me. It's like most fun. That's hilarious. So tell me about some. Tell me about all of these crazy NFT projects. Which one is your favorite? Hey, Mine hey. or others? From the whole thing. Whatever you want to. 
talk. I mean, I love Oni Force. I mean, you love Oni Force? Death. Death. Yeah, I think they're really cool. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Henry from Oni Force. I'm going to have to send him this clip. He's going to be so happy. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. And, and JR and Strawberry, what the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> those are my favorite. Why do you like Oni Force so much? Um, I just love um, the symmetry, the vibe, the aesthetics. I love how everything's profile. If you were buying actual pieces of art and bringing them to your house and hanging them, mm. you would stop. That's it's it, it would accumulate. It just takes up so much space. That's the cool thing about digital assets because you can flex your wallet like right now. Like, you know, Gary Vee says in five years, like when you look at someone's CV now to look at their resume for a job, he says in five years, people will definitely just be like, let me see your wallet. And just by viscerally seeing like who, who, you're, I'm gonna know who you are by what you collect. Like, do we? Are you into mental health? Are we aligned with the same like vibe, the same people, the same community? Are we gonna work together on an intentional level based on your collection? That's crazy. I think it's so cool because then it saves so much time and energy of like talk, talk, talk when you can just viscerally like uh, accumulate so much so so quick. Yeah, that's very interesting. I I am very excited about that. At the same time, like when I look at all the things that I have on my wallet. There's some of it that was, I just bought it like on impulse or like mm. my friend said, oh, this project looks really good, get it. Ow. There are some other projects that I really definitely wanted to get it because they speak to what I stand for yeah. and all of that. But it's tricky. I, I, I'm still not 100% sure that it will go mainstream like the, that example that Gary Vee is explaining. I think it will maybe have different variations of that until we find some kind of middle ground where you can actually show your pieces without being so, so clunky with the tech and all that, so. Well, the people who I'm talking about in regards to that will be the people we're creating with and yeah. working with, entrepreneurs, artists, um, things of that nature probably. Mm -hmm. You know, not, not for the ones who are the spectators and who are off the fence, who are gonna be, just be a part of the herd and just be a part of the ecosystem and that's fine too not everyone in the world are alphas and tech innovators and like investors and artists so that's totally fine i'm kind of more saying probably yeah of on the pulse of five years will probably be like people like us you know yeah, creating something the creators yeah so with the new events that you're working on what are some of the artists and the people that are coming together to those events that you're excited about oh this is a great question because so Nama, she um, brings healthcare to Web3 and she uh, is on the council for Rug Radio and um, she actually uh, teaches meditation through Deepak Chopra's foundation. And so when they brought me on to be the creative producer to curate experiences for Future Shape 360, uh, it's music and art more interactive not panel 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 all day it's going to be two to three hours of panels with innovators and forethought leaders but it's going to be music and art and just like mingling and like partying and having a good time it's a different psychological vibe but uh, when I had the call with the founders um, I said uh, let's have you know when they said they could have you know, five more women speakers, I thought, let's have Nama come. And so now she's gonna be two out of the four days leading meditation that people can come to. And she'll talk and say what she does through her heart center 
of on the meditation two out of the four days at the pool at the four seasons so i mean how lovely is that how beautiful is that so it's now it's music art with meditation mental health like a lifestyle because that's what the vibe is and the founders were just so keen on it and one had an interest in that too like oh i had that idea and i was able to bring it to fruition so i'm really honored and, and proud to curate and make that happen thank you so much katie for coming on the show i really appreciate your time and you guys thank you so much for watching this episode if you liked it send it to a friend and we'll see you on the next one